Pull those belts tight, put on your helmet, and grab a gear. It's time for another high-speed episode of Race Chaser Media's Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu. Training for a better life. Let's throw the green and send it to the hosts in the studio. What's up? And welcome to another edition of Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, training for a better life. That was my best Tom Baker impression, and I am not Tom Baker, as a matter of fact. This is Jacob Seelman, and, uh, well, <laughs> we're going to have another show. And, uh, Tom, I'm going to pass the buck, and I- I'm going to say that you don't have to do your best impression of me because, number one, I'm not sure that you have the voice pitch for that. Number two, I'm not sure I want to know what your impression of me would be, to be quite honest. <laughs> well, this is a family show. We'll skip all of that and move on. Uh, you are definitely not me, nor am I you, because I cannot hip, hit F sharp above F sharp. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, boy. This, this is going to be a fun show, I have a feeling. I, it's our pre-Easter show, by the way. We have a holiday weekend upcoming, but that also means we're coming off the... Peter, what was it? About 72 hours of Bristol, or at least it felt that way? It. I was going to say it felt like the 24 hours of Bristol, but it would have been a lot more than just 24 hours. A biblical flood and then some pretty awesome dirt racing for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll get to all that in a little bit. Peter and I were both on site for Bristol Dirt NASCAR weekend. Of course, we have to differentiate because we have two more Bristol Dirt Racing weekends upcoming in the month of April, highlighted by another one that I'm going to, which would be the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars. And then there's Seth Eggert, who is rejoining us at the roundtable this week as well. And in about 30 seconds, Seth, uh, impressions of Bristol Dirt in a handful of words. Wild. <laughs> Very wild. Okay, so, so so you handled it in about four. That works for me. We'll, we'll get more than four out of Seth upcoming. Of course, on this show, we are going to recap all things Bristol Dirt, which I'm sure we'll uh, have, have a lot of fun with. We will discuss NASCAR's latest, if Bristol Dirt didn't get you uh, intrigued enough. You know, they, they had to come up with something else even crazier than Bristol Dirt. If you've been living under a rock, we won't spoil it right now. We'll tell you what that is coming up in this show. And we'll also get to some IndyCar and other odds and ends of things that are happening. And maybe dish up a few uh, Easter racing memories as well before this, uh, this show's over. Right now, we're stepping away to a break. More Madness coming up right around the turn. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. 
Ballin Street? Girlin Street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, joined by Tom Baker, Peter Strada, and Seth Eggert around the proverbial round table as we walk through another night of motorsports conversation. We will start by turning a page back and looking at Bristol Dirt Monday. It's hard hard to call it over the weekend, isn't it, Tom, when we had, as Peter called it, a biblical flood that made Saturday turn into mud and then turn into Sunday, which turned into more mud and flooding that thankfully, you know, everybody in the Bristol area, as far as I'm aware of, was, you know, safe from and then turned into Monday, which actually turned into pretty decent racing when all was said and done. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think we can all agree that no racetrack, no facility that you would race on would have held that kind of water that uh, that fell over the course of uh, Saturday and Sunday, you know, really any better than Bristol. So you have to obviously take your hat off to the folks at Bristol who worked tirelessly from late Sunday into Monday to get ready for two races in one day, which was not um, necessarily what was intended by the schedule. So honestly, for my two cents um, in the big picture, I think everybody did an amazing job just to get the races in. Obviously we can, have some discussion about uh, the finer points of all of that and what could be different or better or whatever. But, um, you know, they've already decided that we're going to see 
um, Bristol Dirt Track 2 next year. So, um, you know, I guess that uh, that says something positive for sure. That it does. Peter, takeaways from uh, being on site as I was, you know, I I think you and I can agree that it was nothing short of a yeoman's effort just to, as Tom said, get everything done. 400 laps over the course of one afternoon was not what was intended and I think probably hurt the end of the cup race a lot more than what anybody hoped for. But as, you know, as we all have kind of alluded to so far, it was making the best lemonade you could out of a whole 50-pound bag of lemons that just didn't want to quit. Jacob, you said it perfectly. I mean, you and I both saw when they tried to start the truck heat races Saturday and what eventually happened at that track surface for such a wild turner such a wild turnaround into Monday afternoon to get all every lap in, all four hundred laps was like no small miracle by any stretch of the imagination. My biggest takeaway was just how many fans stuck around for both shows on Monday. It was a beautiful crowd. Yes, still social distance because of COVID, but still great to see that many fans at Bristol Motor Speedway. I was going to make that point, Seth. I think Marcus Smith said on the Dale Jr. download uh, first of the week that we had, what, 36,000 tickets for for Monday? I mean, that's that's one of the best, if not the best, single crowd we've had for a NASCAR event. And, I mean, just by the eyeball test for me, we know Bristol can hold upwards of 140,000, 150,000. I mean, to me, that looked like... 36,000 or so roughly. I mean, I don't I don't think they had much fall off for a race push to Monday. This was the race that everybody wanted to see how it would go. Yeah, and that's in, in part why uh, Bristol Dirt 2 as Tom said is going to happen next year because they want to do it in front of a capacity crowd. This makes the first Bristol weekend unique uh, compared to what it used to be. It wasn't selling out. Uh, the racing, honestly, wasn't always the best. Now we have something different. We have a third track for the first time in over 50 years. And honestly, with where NASCAR is heading, we might have one of the most unique and diverse schedules for a racing series uh, in the world. I think that's where we're going, and and it's interesting that Seth kind of draws that comparison, Tom. I want to go around, kind of around the table on this for for all three of you guys to give some thoughts. But Speedway Motorsports and Marcus Smith has now got two of their tracks that have two very distinct, very unique weekends, and I almost feel like you know has Bristol taken a page out of Charlotte Motor Speedway's book? You had Charlotte do you know the Memorial Weekend race with the 600, and then the Roval in the fall. Now you've got Bristol, Tom with dirt for the spring weekend and concrete the night race for the fall weekend and to me it just feels like you get two very distinct flavors and Speedway Motorsports is doing a a great job I think of kind of wetting everybody's appetite well yeah I mean I think um excuse me I think Marcus has been very creative him and his his crew his staff um about trying different things and you know I I still am I guess you can call me stubborn enough to believe that if we're going to do a dirt race, we ought to do it at a dirt track, but I'm, I've given up on the fact that that's going to happen because this is really all about the show and the entertainment factor. And, and, uh, you know, I know we're running trucks on a real dirt track later on, but, uh, you know, I think that, uh, if they can, 
you know, they've got to make some changes, I think, for next year, um, you know, to make this work a little better. I mean, I think you got to retrofit the cars and trucks for dirt. I think you got to, you know, you got to give them, you got to get rid of the windshield. You got to give them a screen. Um, you know, you got to do a few things to, um, I think, to, to make this work better. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, the track conditions, it's hard to, to, to say because of the rain. But, you know, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I don't know if it's, if I think, Bristol and Charlotte are an apple, apple and an orange, and I think the diversity at both tracks is equally fun for the fans. I love this idea of the dirt race. I just think that there are a few things that they need to do if they're going to really be serious about it in order to make things work a little better. Seth and Peter, are you guys fans of the entertainment and diversity values that we've got going here? Uh, I personally am. Uh, and I said this in a different chat a few days ago. For the Roval, they learned from their mistakes. They learned that the backstretch chicane was too narrow, and they went and they made adjustments uh, for future races. And since then, the backstretch chicane has not been an issue. I expect the same thing to happen with Bristol Dirt. Uh, one of the issues with the windshields actually was with the tear-offs. When some teams were taking the tear-offs off, the way they were applied, it was still leaving the glue on the windshield, and that was attracting all of the dust during the cautions. So I'm sure the teams are going to learn from that, let alone Bristol and NASCAR learning from this experience as well. Peter, thoughts? As a fan, I absolutely love the diversity offered now by Bristol Motor Speedway. I was more hype than ever for a spring bristol race at least in my memory for about 10 years of being a fan and i'll be equally hype if not more so to see the concrete return for the historic night race come september because that's bound to be an incredible race as well with it being one of the most popular races in the nascar calendar so yes i love how both races are distinct now. Both races are unique and have their own sort of flair. The Bristol Spring Race had lost kind of some character in recent years, and I think putting dirt on it, at least for this year and next year, is definitely bringing some of that character back to a Spring Race, a spring race weekend at one of the best tracks in our sport. Okay, so the irony is not lost on me, by the way, Peter, that you used the word character to describe that, and that's traditionally what all the dirt faithful like myself use to describe a track that sometimes uh, has a few bumps, a few uh, places where things get a little interesting. So good on you for that. Of course. All right, so my two cents real quick in the last 35 or 40 seconds before we go to break is kind of along the lines of what the guys have said, but at the same time... So, number one, I'm a big fan of the diversity factor. I think at this point, the the schedule had gotten so stagnated that we had to do something. I think dirt is a great way to not only pay a nod to the history of the Cup Series, but also to really challenge a lot of these drivers in a way that perhaps they hadn't been challenged before. So, to me, that's a huge net positive. And as far as going forward, I like... Uh, I, I think you will perhaps see more diversity of field, see some of the ringers get better, have an opportunity to better ply their trade going forward, a lot of things like that. We're actually going to talk about what happened during the Bristol Dirt Races in our next segment, starting with the Truck Series. That comes up right after this. Don't go anywhere. 
You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Motorsports Sales Professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Cody Connor, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Seth Eggert, Peter Strada with you as we roll through another Thursday night of chatting about all things auto racing and recapping the Bristol Dirt Races. We'll start with trucks. And Peter, I'll come to you first because we were there and I can because it's my show. Raise your hand if you thought Martin Truex Jr. would flat dominate this race and then put it down because you're lying. I don't think any of us thought that, <laughs> that Truex, as his crew chief James Small said on the cup side, may have missed his calling as a dirt racer because he just cleaned their clocks. 
Clean their clocks is a great, great way to put it for Truex. Truex is dominating running the truck race. I think he led 105 of 150 laps. I mean, he looked like he's one of the greatest dirt aces on the planet in that race. But in reality, I think he'd only run a charity go-kart race on dirt previously. So in all actuality, this was his first race ever truly on a, on a dirt surface. And he just really whooped them. Like I said, leading over two-thirds of the laps. And honestly, I had seen him maybe having a top five, top ten run, but I certainly did not see him dominating the way like he did. What was your thought, Tom, when you watched Truex go to the lead and then keep it like that? I mean, I know I was sitting there going, are we sure that's Martin Truex Jr. in that truck? Really? Well, I thought it was pretty funny, actually, that uh, all these hot shot dirt drivers that I, we all talked about were all going to be chasing a win in the truck series, then the cup series. And, you know, in the truck race, they all got beat by a guy who's run dirt like once in his life, if that, and, uh, you know, doesn't even run trucks on a regular basis. So I think it goes to show you that it's a little harder to jump into somebody else's series or sandbox and uh, just run well, regardless of how good you are on the surface that you're running on. Um, it's a different deal when you get into one of those things. And I think, uh, you know, Truex showed the talent that he has to be able to, he hadn't run trucks since like 2011 or something. And he, um, you know, he's, he's barely ever run dirt. He gets out there and, uh, and just completely dominates the field. So, you know, um, not only is this a big deal for Truex, but it, it really um, also, I think it shows us that um, Kyle Busch Motorsports, if we had any doubt, KBM's back because that truck looked like it was, you know, on a rail and everybody else was running Ford Focuses out there. So, um, you know, that wasn't even a close race, honestly. It was a skunk. Seth, I was going to make that point uh, as far as KBM is concerned uh, when I turn to you here because they've now won the last three truck series races with three different drivers, which is a feat in itself, but I can't even remember off the top of my head the last time Kyle Busch Motorsports as an organization won three straight races except for maybe with Kyle himself behind the wheel. This, to me, is very much a moment where we look at KBM and go, okay, okay, they're a threat again. Yeah, and uh, the 51 is still going to have a rotating cast of drivers. Uh, Marty Lindley was on uh, Sirius XM NASCAR earlier today, and he was saying that Kyle Busch is going to be in for the next two then Drew Dollar at Charlotte. Uh, Truex might get back behind the wheel later on in the year. Uh, they have Parker Chase, I believe, for Coda. And they still have some races that they're still trying to determine a driver lineup for. But uh, as far as them being back, they are definitely back. Uh, they've been off their game other than Kyle when he's run, I'd say, the past two or three years. Uh, essentially, since William Byron left for Junior Motorsports, that's when it seemed to... Uh, lose its luster, so to speak. Uh, but I thought it was also funny, uh, one of the things that Truex uh, jokingly credited for his uh, good run on dirt, not only was it that one charity race that he ran uh, years ago on dirt, but also running at Dale Jr.'s Dirty Mo Acres <laughs> way back when. There is that. 
uh, first truck start in 15 years, and he goes to victory lane. I think Peter equally as important in all that, not just that Truex has a truck win now, he becomes the 36th driver in the history of NASCAR's three national series to have at least one win in all three of the national series. And that was really the thing when he was talking to us in the media conference after the race. He said that was the reason he wanted to do this and come back and run a couple truck races was he wanted to be a driver who was a triple threat. And he's now accomplished that. Yeah, he joins a very illustrious list of drivers, 35 others, like you said, who have achieved the triple threat. Whether or not he runs in the truck again, we'll see. I think Seth said he may run again this year. That'd be cool to see. But one day when Truex is a Hall of Famer, goes into the Hall of Fame, he will be he will be recognized as a triple threat driver who won at least one race in all three series. So this is a highlight for his career. That it is, and when you look uh, when you look a little further behind Tom at the guys behind Truex, immediately the one that comes to mind obviously is Ben Rhodes, who finished second. But I mean, what a start to the year for Ben Rhodes, who for the first time to me looks like a bona fide championship contender. The two wins to open the year, now a runner up on Bristol dirt. If not for a misshift on the last restart, maybe he's got a shot to bump Truex out of the way and do something with it. I mean, this is a cat who we been waiting and waiting and waiting to come into his own and hello ben rhodes i think has finally arrived yeah i agree i mean ben um like you said we've been waiting a while for a breakout season from ben we we've always known he was capable of it um and again i think um it says a lot because they swapped crews at thor sport with the 98 99 and i think um, ben has definitely benefited from having Grant Enfinger's uh, crew and team from last year there. Um, but again, Ben uh, Ben started in go-karts on dirt. It's not as if he's not used to this sort of thing. This was kind of getting back to your roots for him. Um, and it took him a little while in practice to kind of get the truck set where he wanted it. But um, he did a great job and, you know, I mean, I've, I've never been crazy about the cherry picker idea. So, you know, I consider that Ben was the first truck regular across the line, which says a lot, I think for him. And, uh, it's just too bad that, uh, he's not going to get a playoff point, um, benefit from it because obviously, uh, Truex took that away. Um, and, but I think Ben did a great job. And I also want to talk about Raphael Lassard, uh, Seth, because, Rafael Lassard finishing in the top five and running the way he did, I think was almost as unexpected for us as Truex winning um, because of his background. And so um, Rafi did a fantastic job. And I think he and GMS are starting to click very nicely. And this is the kind of thing that I really um, would have expected uh, out of Rafi as we got toward the end of last year. But um, he did have some good runs with KBM, but I think he's going to mature really well with uh, GMS now, Seth. Yeah, and Rafi uh, credited uh, ice racing back up in Canada uh, as his closest experience running on dirt. Granted, he did test uh, a micro sprint. He tested a dirt modified, a dirt late model, but he hadn't really run a NASCAR vehicle on dirt before. Uh, how close ice racing really is, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm sure the slickness and the sliding around on it 
might have been enough for him to at least be somewhat familiar heading into practice, which he was fastest in practice, and then heading into the race itself. Uh, he was a pleasant surprise for the truck race. Uh, there was a handful of drivers that we all thought were going to be good in the truck race, like Kyle Larson, who uh, got wrecked when there should have been a caution. And then you have John Hunter Nemechek, who under caution got wrecked by a sweeper truck. There was that, Tom. And I know uh, we're, we're going to talk about things that we uh, want to change a little bit later, but uh, I just kind of... The whole safety truck hitting John Hunter's truck thing, I don't think that truck was fixable anyways, but I just kind of shook my head, and it was one of those moments where you're just like, really? Really? Well, <laughs> I mean, somewhere. Uh, I'd like to think that uh, John Paul Montana uh, was probably having a big chuckle over that, Uh and, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I, I feel like the, um, I, I feel like that was just symptomatic of obviously the amount of rain we had and all that. But, you know, again, NASCAR has got a, NASCAR needs to get better at this whole dirt thing. And I think that John Hunter Nemechek incident was a classic example of it. They were really slow with the caution flag that entire race, I thought, and even at times in the cup race, too. Um, and you can't, you just can't do that. If somebody brings out a caution on purpose and then takes off when you throw it, then park them, just put them in the pits, tell them they're done. But in the, in the situation of John Hunter, he was there for a good 15 seconds before he got clocked by two other trucks. Um, and, and I don't think, you know, honestly, I just NASCAR needs to react faster with caution flags on the dirt, mostly because most of the drivers out there are not dirt regulars. And so, you know, you got to get them off the brake because I think that's what happened with uh, the 19 truck. I think he probably just locked his brakes up and I don't know whether he would have panicked or whatever, but you know, again, I think NASCAR needs to do a much better job with the caution flag because that might have saved John Hunter uh, from being out of the race. And then, of course, the safety truck hitting it was just, um, you know, again, one of those things we'll be talking about for years to come. That is true. And uh, with that, we will get ready to step aside, take another commercial break. But we will continue talking Bristol Dirt here on Motorsports Madness coming up right around the turn. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people? Even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. 
Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-race com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com drift nirvana getting you sideways the right way if you own a gun you have a full-time responsibility when you aren't using it be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children troubled teenagers a thief or anyone else who might misuse it your family friends and neighbors are all counting on you remember always lock it up For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Yeehaw. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Seth Eggert, Peter Strada, Tom Baker, still with you as we continue to talk racing. And before I ask who everybody was disappointed by in the Truck Series race, Peter, I think we have to point out the obvious that we all thought Kyle Larson was going to be a factor in the Nice Motorsports 44 and whether it was bad handling in that truck or the crash that ultimately eliminated him from about 18th place. I mean, Larson was just never a factor in this in the truck race. Just It was very peculiar to me that they just missed it that badly. Yeah, Larson was complaining of setup issues all race long until he got taken out in the one crash. Just It was really interesting to see someone... As hyped up as Larson, everyone thought he would come in and sweep the weekend by practically lapping the field in both races. And I don't, I, he definitely never was in the top 10 in the truck race. And he got up to fifth in the cup race before being taken out. Just a really odd off weekend for Kyle Larson, just with so much hype he had coming in and just nothing to show for it. You hate to see it. All right, let's go around the table now. Who were you disappointed? If we take Larson off the table, who were you disappointed, Tom, by in the truck race? We'll go Tom, then Seth, then Peter. Well, I mean, I I would wasn't disappointed in Larson because Larson didn't have a, a hand in his own fate. He got taken out in both races. So um, my disappointment was with Stuart Friesen. This should have been his opportunity to go kick some butt. And I mean, he finished 12th, but again, Stewart was never 
never a factor really. And honestly, um, I would have thought he would have been one of the heavy favorites in this race. And, uh, you know, he just uh, didn't quite get the hang of it over the weekend. Seth? Me, me, I was going to say, for me, uh, I'd have to go with Sheldon Creed. Although, yes, he did lead some laps. It felt like, at least for him and his GMS team, that they just got behind on the changing track and could never keep up with it. Uh, once he lost the lead after leading, I think it was 36 or 38 laps, uh, he fell back and finished, I think, 16th. Uh, again, uh, with his dirt experience like Stuart Friesen, I thought he was going to be up front quite a bit. Granted, I picked uh, Friesen in uh, fantasy, but uh, both of them kind of uh, just fell at least at the end for sure. Peter? My guy finished one position ahead of uh, Seth. That's guy, Kevin Harvick, placing 15th in the truck race, really disappointed me. After Harvick said on Friday in practice that this is the most fun he's ever had in a race car, I really thought he'd be a strong contender, maybe not for the win, but definitely for a top five, top ten run. And the opportunity just never panned out for Harvick. He was buried in the field all day long. I think he crapped the top ten maybe once and only mustered a 15th place finish. So poor result for the past truck series team owner. Yeah, I, I was I was surprised there. Uh, so for me, my disappointment in the truck race, given his uh, given his past experience on dirt and his some of his strong runs at Eldora in the past, was actually uh, Chase Briscoe. I really thought Briscoe was going to be a factor to win the race, and he was just never quite there um, for the roper racing team in the 04 i i thought chase and yeah okay he's an invader sure but i just really believe chase would be able to do something and help that uh help that family run team and it just wasn't in the cards for him so uh that that was where uh, that was where my disappointment was as far as the uh, as far as the truck race was concerned now moving to the cup race this was I think after Larson and Bell uh, got taken out in the same wreck, Peter, this was a race where at that moment, you know, 50 or 55 laps in, it, everything kind of got blown wide open, and we didn't know what to expect. And I guarantee none of us expected a Joey Logano versus Denny Hamlin battle at the end of a Bristol dirt race. That still feels <laughs> weird to say, even though Logano was the one that ultimately ended up in victory lane. It feels as weird to hear that, and I was there witnessing it live. I mean, yeah, once Larson and Bell went out, I had no idea what would happen because I thought the battle for the win would come down to the two of them. I'm sure a lot of others did as well because they're just the two kings of dirt in recent memory. I mean, just them being taken out so early kind of reminded me of the Daytona 500 this year where so many strong cars were taken out in that last 13 crash where we just didn't know what would happen for the rest of the majority of that race. All right. Uh, so then it left Seth, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin at the very end. But before that, we had Daniel Suarez and Trackhouse Racing lead 50-plus laps and stamp themselves as a surprise contender, which personally I loved. How can you not love, A, a new team going out and working to find success, but Daniel Suarez, who has been bounced around more than a little the last few years in the Cup Series, not only to find a home, but a home where he could contend to win a race in just his seventh start in that 99 car. To me, that was the moment of the race, regardless of who ended up in victory lane. 
Not only that, but even in Atlanta, he was up front running top 10, and he, he said post-race at Bristol, if he hadn't made a mistake on pit road, he probably would have finished 6th or 7th, if not inside the top 5 there. So it it's kind of uh, telling how good Trackhouse Racing is. Granted, they're leasing a charter. They don't own one. And they're a satellite team, to a certain point, in Lions team of Richard Childress Racing, who... Of all the people I thought was going to do good this past weekend, I thought it was going to be Reddick and uh, Austin Dillon. Reddick was up front, and Austin Dillon was out to lunch. Uh, but kudos to Daniel. Uh, it was only his second ever dirt race, his first being the truck race. So he had no laps prior to this weekend on dirt. And he went out there and worked his way up to the lead fairly quickly. Uh, I think it was in about... 105, 108 laps, something like that. And he led for a good portion. It's the most laps he's led in two years. I'll tell you what, you got to give these uh, guys at uh, Trackhouse some real credit for the way they've started the year. I mean, they haven't always been up front running for a win, but let me tell you, what Justin Marks and Pitbull and that whole team, Travis Mack and the whole group are doing there at Trackhouse is pretty remarkable. They're, they are building this one race at a time, and they've built a nice chemistry. They're bonding really well. Daniel Suarez is really confident right now, Jacob, and I got to tell you, this is a team that I feel like has progressed in the first you know, handful, six races, whatever, much faster than we probably could have expected them to. And it would not surprise me to see them at some point in the next handful of races. It would not surprise me to see that car up contending for a win. Um, I just think that team is really developing nicely. And boy, I'll tell you what, um, NASCAR needs a couple of these one car teams to really break out and you know and and have good years and show that it can be done again um and trackhouse is surely off to a pretty good start with that they're very consistent and really running well at this point in the season all right so shortly after the time that daniel suarez took the lead came the point in the race that i want to get an around the table discussion on here this time we'll go peter then seth then tom can be the anchor because i have a feeling i know where he'll go with this uh but peter starting with you Thoughts on the decision when we had to change on the fly mid-race and NASCAR went from double-file restarts to single-file restarts, which we haven't seen since the mid-2000s? Was I a fan of it? No. But was it a necessary move at that time? Yes, because we had seen on two previous restarts where dust coming out of turn four especially made the front stretch all but invisible to drivers, and we saw crashes the next lap after both those restarts so should this have been an issue no because they should have watered the track before the final stage like they had after stage two but at the same point i mean you you're dealt the hand of cards you're dealt and hopefully this won't be an issue next year when we go back to bristol dirt i feel like it was a necessary evil like peter said uh it was mainly because of the dust and also, like Peter said, not that I'm trying to completely agree with him, but my personal opinion, they should have, especially because they were in the truck race earlier in the day, they should have not only in between the second and the final stage, but between the first and the second stage, watered the track 
and random Packer cards. It's not ideal. It's not ideal for TV, but it's what needed to be done and what should have been done. I'm curious, Jacob, where you think I'm going with this. Well, I thought you, I, I figured you would have a fit because you're one of the ones that hates when we have to change things on the fly. Well, I am, and, and that's true, but um, in this case, it was needed. And, and, and honestly, um, you know, I, I don't disagree with Seth um, as far as taking the time to work the track in. Again, I, I you know, I just think when, when NASCAR does the schedule next year, I think they need to to really keep in mind that you got to leave some wiggle room here. And I know that the rain forced us into this doubleheader on Monday, and I get that. So as uh, part of that, I think the key should have been once you were in that deep, uh, you know, in, in running the double show anyway, um, to me, another 20 or 30 minutes, if you had to spend it just making the track better, would have probably saved a lot of uh, mess and, um, you know, it's it's kind of a situation where I think you got to learn to run it like a dirt race. And I think NASCAR was trying to run it like a NASCAR race almost to a fault. So I think uh, I think they need to make some adjustments in how they operate and how they deal with cautions. And, um, you know, and again, just just really get familiar with how dirt needs to be dealt with, because if they do that, I think this could be a really fun show. Um, but I think, again, even with retrofitting the cars and the trucks in, in some different ways here, it's a dirt show. So you've got to treat it like a dirt show. This shouldn't be treated, you know, 100% like a NASCAR show. You've got to do some things a little differently to make the dirt show the best you can. That's my two cents on that. So, no, I'm glad they did it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it was a good move. I do agree with all that. As It was one of those where I was genuinely stunned that they did it just because NASCAR is such, uh, they're, they're such creatures of habit in not wanting to change things sometimes that when they actually made the decision they should have made, it. I, I just kind of sat back in my chair and was like, wow, okay, this is actually happening. But uh, as all three of you kind of alluded to, it was it was definitely the right call. You know, we talk about it to equate it to a World of Outlaws show or something like that. Uh, usually those kinds of decisions get made either when visibility becomes a factor like it was in this case or when you have one lane of the dirt that's clearly the dominant lane and you don't want to disadvantage the, op- the non-dominant lane on a double-file restart. Those are the kind of kinds of situations that will lead to a decision to go from a double file restart to a single file restart and I do think at the point uh, not only was visibility a factor but I think you also had to think about the fact that the bottom lane was really starting to rubber down really starting to become the the fast way around and we saw it there late with Denny Hamlin to where uh, it was just so long around that outside lane that it absolutely was not advantageous to be to be up there so at the end of the day it was again a surprising decision but a decision that i think ultimately worked out i wish me i almost wish we could have had a double file restart for that very last one when the track conditions were a little bit better because i think it would have been very interesting to see kind of how the final outcome may or may not have shifted because of that and with that being said we are coming up on another break and closing in on the halfway point of this show too it's going by uh, pretty quick 
quickly already. So we'll step aside here momentarily, and we'll be back with even more Motorsports Madness powered by My Computer Career right after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. Strike two. He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Peter Strada, Seth Eggert remain with you as we approach halftime on this show. And Tom, I've made it through half a show without having any major glitches, which is good, but if you've got a glitch or find a career glitch or need a career change or are looking for a second career, third career, whatever it is, my computer career. We we know them and they know how to help. 
Well, if you're having a career glitch, that's probably a sign you need a, a, a career change. And yes, my computer career can definitely help. Mycomputercareer.edu. It's training for a better life. And there's an opportunity here for you to make a change in your career and head in a direction that puts you into a career that is definitely on the rise still, um, even despite all of the rough times we've been through over the last year. Uh, IT is certainly a career that is growing. It is not rocket science. You do not need to be a math or science whiz. And you don't even need to be a computer nerd, really. Um, go to mycomputercareer.edu. Take their career survey. And if it is an opportunity that you see that you like to go into the field of IT, if you decide to study, my computer career not only has financial aid available, uh, including the GI Bill, if you qualify for those who are qualified. Uh, but they also will help you out on the back end of this. Once you get through with your training and get ready to go into the workforce, they will work with hundreds of employers in order to get you placed. Now, the training is it's it's not life invasive. One to two days a week online, that's it. One to two days a week online. And in about four to six months, you could be on your way to a brand new career and a better life. The folks at My Computer Career are mentors as well as trainers. They really are invested in their students and want you to succeed. MyComputerCareer.edu, it is training for a better life. And we appreciate their support with all of our programming here, including the show. Indeed, and that basically takes us to halftime here on Motorsports Madness. So while we're gone at a commercial break, grab you a snack, grab you a cold drink, settle in. We got more motorsports conversation coming at you. It's Motorsports Madness continuing right after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico in Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. 
He wanted to be known for doing his best. Shooter right. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. Strike two. He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. When Marlon Shirley was five years old, he was in an accident and lost his foot, but he didn't lose his heart. When you tackle a challenge that you just cannot even fathom tackling, when you accomplish that, the amount of integrity and the will and the heart that you'll get from that experience is what will set you up for your life. In less time than it took Marlon Shirley to say that, he can now run 100 meters because today he's the world's fastest amputee. Overcome, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Seth Eggert, Peter Strada, Tom Baker still with you. We are just past the halfway point in tonight's show, and Having a lot of fun while we're at it, uh, continuing to break down Bristol Dirt. Well, I'll have a couple more uh, comments on the cup race coming up, I think, in the next segment. But real quickly, Tom, I just want to ask here, um, and the other guys can chime in after the break as well, but we talked about it some in the truck race, but really the cup race had more of the ringers when you consider Stuart Friesen, Mike Marler, Shane Golubic, Chris Windham, guys like that who were successful at the grassroots level at dirt. Are you surprised, though, that none of the dirt aces, so to speak, had more of an impact in the cup race on Monday afternoon? Because, I, I mean... Yeah, okay, they weren't with power teams necessarily, but you mentioned Friesen earlier. I really thought he would have more to say, and just none of the guys we expected in that cup race to do anything really did anything. I'm not at all surprised. Uh, Most of these guys have had no experience in stock cars whatsoever. And again, it's what I talked about earlier. You can't just go into somebody else's backyard and uh, instantly have success. I don't care what you do in your form of racing. It's very difficult to do that. And remember, too, there was there was practice on Friday, but not nearly enough for a lot of these guys who have to make the adjustment to a big, heavy tank driving it around the track. Um, you know, remember uh, that these guys don't drive stock cars. They drive sprint cars. They drive dirt cars. They it's just nothing. Um, no, there's nothing like driving a NASCAR type stock car. I uh, know, oh, by the way, just to play on the thought going ahead to next year's race. They're going to be driving sports cars on dirt. So uh, let's uh, confuse the equation even more, Jacob. Well, I, I, I shouldn't. I don't think we should say that just yet, Tom, because there is talk, at least uh, Travis Geisler uh, from Team Penske hinted there's talk of bringing the Gen 6 cars back and using those on the dirt next year as opposed to the next-gen cars because the thought is it's going to be even more complicated to retrofit the next-gen cars for dirt than it is the current cars, and it would be a cost savings to use what they've already got and just save a car for dirt next year. So one more thing to think about, but I'll get the thoughts from Peter and Seth on Dirt Ringers after this next break. We're glad you're with us on Motorsports Madness. Stay tuned. More after this. 
Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color Correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles. And now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Derek Crowe, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Peter Strada, Seth Eggert remaining with you. And I guess Derek Krause bringing us back from break. Seth uh, offers us the opportunity to at least note a nugget of breaking news that came just before we came on the air this evening, and that's the fact that Derek Krause will have a new crew chief going forward in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Long-time veteran NASCAR Cup Xfinity and Truck Series crew chief um, Mark Hillman 
is going to be the new crew chief for the number 19 Toyota Tundra going forward for the rest of the year. He's worked with uh, Hillman Racing, Premium Motorsports, H. Scott Motorsports, Gaunt Brothers Racing. He's been in the truck series at one point with Jermaine when they won championships in 2006 and 2010. I mean, he's got a lot of experience, and uh, I feel like this could be a really good thing to maybe get a spark going in Derek Krause's season because they have mightily mightily struggled the early portion of the year it will at least uh stop the bleeding for them it has been an absolute miserable not only start to the season but even go back to the last three or four races of last season they struggled as well uh and something happened with that team uh late last year and they have not been able to recover from it and they had Derek Krause run the Phoenix Arca race, I think, A, to motivate him, and B, just to see if it was something with the team, and they ran well in that Arca race. Not to mention uh, they have that whole driver development program thing going on with uh, several drivers as well out on the West Coast, the uh, Driver Academy. So it's not an issue of resources not being in place. I I don't know if it was communication with uh, his former crew chief or if it was just the direction they were heading, but they needed to change. They really did, and uh, I think the hope is obviously that they can get things back on track because they were borderline a playoff team uh, last year right before the playoffs and just didn't get a chance to get in by a handful of points. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of season left for the trucks, a lot of regular season left to maybe go out and win a race. Derek was awful good at Darlington, where we'll see the truck series at coming up in a little over a month during throwback weekend. So a lot of time ahead for things to get back off on the right foot. Seth, I'll go back to you because I wanted to get yours and Peter's thoughts uh, like Tom did in that last, se last segment. The Dirt Ringers, were you surprised or not surprised that uh, we didn't see much, if really any of them, particularly once uh, Bell and Larson wrecked out? Honestly, I wasn't surprised, and in part, at least for the cup race, two of them had problems just during the pace laps. Uh, uh, I remember listening to the scanner, uh, NASCAR was looking at Chris Windham's car for smoke during the pace laps, and Marler uh, had trouble, uh, I think it was with the, either the steering or the radio, I forget what it was, uh, during the pace laps as well. So, granted, some of this stuff should have been caught during practice, or probably would have been caught if they had gone through with the heat races. But that being said, where you had two of them handicapped before the race even started, that's not looking good for them overall. No, you're right. It's not. Peter, anything to add there? I mean, Tom really took my thunder. None of them were in a top-level car, and it's kind of what we've seen recently out of road course ringers, where none of them are in top-level equipment, so if they do have a breakout run, it's more of a surprise that they did, given the equipment they're in. So, no, I can't say I'm surprised that Chris Windham, Mike Marler, the strip reason that none of them really showed out on Monday afternoon. All right, I want to go around the table now uh, before we finish off uh, my last Cup Series thought here. Tom, then Peter, then Seth. Now that we've seen trucks on dirt, We've seen cup cars on dirt. 
Do we need to finish the trifecta? Would you be in favor of a dirt race on the NASCAR Xfinity Series schedule in 2022 or beyond? Sure. Why not? I mean, if you're going to put the trucks and the cup cars on dirt, why not put the Xfinity cars on dirt? I mean, we might as well. I would have expected them to do that before they put cup on dirt, to be honest. Uh, but, um, yeah, I would like to see it again. I would rather see it at a real dirt track somewhere that would give that particular dirt track a lot of uh, benefit of coverage and such. And there are some great dirt tracks that you could do that at, um, you know, even to the extent of coming home and doing it at Charlotte on the dirt, if you if you really want to just tie it to an SMI track. But yes, I definitely would like to see Xfinity on dirt once a year, though, only once. For me, uh, just looking at, uh, at least Bristol anyway, uh, the reason why they didn't do a triple header with Cup, Xfinity, and Truck there is because lack of space in the infield. They only had enough room for two series worth of uh, trailers there. Uh, that being said, as far as for Xfinity, I would love to see them, whether it was uh, Eldora, which I don't know if that's going to be an option with the uh, Tony Stewart and NASCAR kind of going back and forth on why they're not at Eldora anymore. Uh, but Charlotte Dirt Tracker elsewhere, I'm not sure where uh, uh, they could go, but they could go just about anywhere when it comes to a dirt track. Uh, Tom and Seth both stole my thunders in saying that I'd have expected to see an Xfinity race on dirt by now, given how long trucks have been going to Eldora, whether that was at Eldora, Knoxville, Charlotte, or whichever other dirt track. Just, yes, we should complete the trifecta, and Myatt Snyder came back to run the truck race just because he wanted laps on the dirt at Bristol, so... I think he's far from the only Xfinity driver who wants to run laps on dirt, and I think in 22 or beyond, I'd love to see Xfinity on dirt. I can't say that I disagree with any of that. Now, this being said, I was surprised at the beginning when it was dirt laid down on Bristol, and I wish it would be a permanent uh, permanent dirt track, like Tom said earlier on, but as it is, regardless, I would love to see the Xfinity package on dirt, just because I think it would be an extremely, extremely competitive race uh, in that regard. So, fi final thought here before we kind of wrap up Bristol Dirt. Seven races, seven different winners, we have the Easter off weekend to reset, and... This time, we'll go again, Tom, then Peter, and then Seth. Are, A, are you surprised that we've made it to 7 for 7? And do we go 8 for 8 when we get to Martinsville, Tom? I am definitely surprised that we made it uh, 7 out of 7. I did not think we would go this far without a repeat winner. Um, and I think I am going to say that we already are going to hit eight this weekend because I'm counting that the Easter Bunny gets the checkered flag because he's going to bring me a whole lot of doggone chocolate. Okay, Peter. It's definitely a surprise that we've gone seven for seven with different winners. This is the first time this has happened in seven years, oddly enough, going back to 2014, where I think we had eight winners in eight races. And I think we do get eight different winners at Martinsville. I think between Truex, Kozlowski, and Elliott, one of them wins at Martinsville. And I really think we can go 10 for 10 between, 
I believe it's Richmond and then Talladega. Meanwhile, for me, I'm not surprised. And the reason is, with all the schedule changes, I think it broke up the routine that some drivers had, which also broke up the momentum of the teams. That can very easily create such a parity that we have 7 for 7, possibly 8 for 8. And the last time we had double-digit different winners in a row was 2001 when we had 10 winners in a row. I think that was 2000, actually, Seth. But uh, yes, no, and that and 10 stands as the record for the Cup Series in terms of different winners to uh, to open a season. And I think it's feasible that we get to that. Now, I am surprised that we've gotten this far because I thought Larson would be the first to repeat, to be totally honest with you. But uh, going forward, I do think we go 8 for 8. I am not going to spoil my fantasy right now, but uh, Peter may have already mentioned the driver that I think is going to be a serious contender to take the trophy and the grandfather clock home from Martinsville Speedway, not this weekend, but next weekend. That being said, we're up against a commercial break, so we are going to take that when we return. Even more madness coming up back after this. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more, but the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Motorsports sales professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. You are a waste. A loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three 
world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu. Training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Peter Strada, Seth Eggert, Tom Baker remaining with you and rolling through another show on a Thursday night. We continue our chat and go to something that many people thought was an early April Fool's joke. It, well, (laughs) happened today on April Fool's Day. Almost appropriately enough, if not a, a little coincidental, I'm just going to throw the topic out there and sit back and let the radio magic happen. Tom, a handful of words go into this sentence, and they are as follows. NASCAR tested intermediate wet weather tires on an oval at Martinsville. And go. I don't want to go. I want to red flag this. I want to black flag this. I want to put these tires somewhere and light a fire around them. Um, this this is another example of NASCAR solving a problem that didn't exist for decades. We had flaggers start the race, and then somebody decided we need a restart box. This box didn't fix anything. It simply created something else to fight over. For decades, we had pit stops, and then we had a safety issue, so we put a speed limit in, then that became cameras, then it became a million cameras, and now if somebody leaves a tire unattended hanging an inch over a pit box line, NASCAR basically takes the driver and brings them back to the pits for it because it's penalty because, well, I don't know why. I still haven't figured that out. This is another example of that. Look, okay, so if if somebody's decided that it's a problem that we can't get short tracks dried fast enough to, to go back racing after a rain delay despite our millions of dollars worth of uh, jet dryers that we have, um, then... I think we've got a bigger problem. This here's my here's my issue with this. How many sets of these wets? How many wet sets are they going to make teams buy? One, two, five. If we have a rain delay on lap twenty and we half dry the track and then say, "Well, it's good enough," throw the wets on, let's go. Run your fifty, sixty, seventy laps, burn up the wets, and then. 
50 laps later, we get another long rain delay. Do we have another set of wets, or do we now have to say, well, we blew all that up? In which case, that first set did zero good. This is an example of a problem that does not exist that NASCAR has decided it needs to solve. The only reason I can think of that they would want to do this is because of this whole trend of becoming hip and cool and more like F1 and whatever and trying to do these crazy things to attract an audience. This is Martinsville. It's a half mile. You can drive the thing in an hour to an hour and a half from a soaking rain. I mean, we soaking rain at Hickory, Jacob, last week, and we were back racing in less than an hour. I mean, I, I just don't understand the premise of this, and I think it is a dangerously slippery slope that we're going down because half these teams can't afford the number of tires they need to be competitive on a dry track, let alone making them add more tires by having to buy these wets. Peter? I think this is just a preliminary test, and we're all jumping the gun a bit. I think NASCAR is just simply testing these tires as a bit of an insurance policy for past for later seasons, years on down the road. If there is a wet condition on a very specific track, this is not this is not mean we'll run the Daytona 500 or uh, race at Charlotte, Talladega, Bristol, any high bank track in a monsoon like condition. This means that. Track drying on certain shorter flat tracks would be a bit abbreviated and we'd get back to racing sooner, which would be better for the TV partners. It'd be better for the fans in attendance because they'd be able to see more cars on track rather than just see the Air Titans make laps. Seth? I actually have a little bit of a theory with this. Uh, looking at the tires, they almost look a little bit like a intermediate tire be, uh, cross between the full wets and the current slicks which they also do uh, they also do resemble the old F1 tires I will give Tom that but I almost get the feeling where a street circuit is flat corners that this might be NASCAR looking at down the road like insurance policy intermediate tires for the event advent of street course racing and possibly street course racing in the rain. Okay. I'm okay with that, but that's not where they tested it. They didn't go run it around long beach. They didn't go run it around St. Pete. They didn't go run it around anywhere else there. They, the, the thing that we know what they said is they're testing them for short, flat ovals for I damp tracks now look if all this is is they're testing for a street tire uh, whatever fine tell us that's what they're testing for Th there is no reason we should add to the cost of a short track race this idea that somehow it gets it saves viewers it gets cars back on the track faster I'm calling complete bull on that idea. Fox TV or NBC, a rain delay is a rain delay. 
have your programming, fill it with interviews, talk to the people, entertain us for a little while. You don't create a less than perfect condition for the drivers to race on and save yourselves 20 to 30 minutes of, of preparation. This is not how NASCAR does things or should do things as the top stock car organization in the country. And it gives other short track people ideas. This is a dumb idea. They don't need it. They should never use it. If it's a street tire test, go test it in Chicago or wherever. Don't, don't give us the premise that you might use them at Martinsville or some other short track. That is completely a stupid idea, in my opinion. And I, I just totally am 100% against that for a million different reasons. But, Tom, this isn't the first time they've ever tested wet tires at Martinsville. We did it in 1995 with Terry Labonte. Yeah, but, again, what do they need it for? Wet tires on ovals are not necessary, and they add cost that the little teams don't have. And, again, I ask, how many times in a rain situation in one day are you going to do this sort of thing because if you're only going to do it once and you get dumped on again and you now you got to completely drive the track you've completely wasted the expense of doing it the first time because you're still right back where you started in the same situation nascar has a built-in remedy for rain at short tracks or any track really it's called the race is completed halfway there's no reason to have this. It's just another silly idea. And I do think that Seth may be right in some ways. That again, I think NASCAR's got this bent, Jacob, to suddenly be hip and cool and do all this crazy stuff. It's like it's NASCAR. It's not F1. It's not IndyCar. It is not supercars. It's NASCAR. And oval tracks should not ever have a rain tire under any situation or condition in my opinion it just opens up a huge can of worms that we don't need all right seth since it kind of got alluded got alluded to here we got about two minutes left in this segment uh i know you and i have talked about this a little bit but thoughts on the uh virtual chicago street course that nascar and i racing have developed since it is a possibility that these tires maybe could work if we turn that into real life at some point well i think it will be turned into real life at some point where not it's in chicago is another story uh but i think it will be because i don't think iRacing would have gone through the trouble of shutting down the streets in the middle of the night in october in chicago just to scan a, a 2.51 or 2.61 mile 12 turn road course or well street course on the streets of chicago uh it NASCAR's been talking for years, so there's been talk in and out of the sport of street course racing. So, uh, for them to actually experiment with it, iRacing is the perfect venue to experiment with it to see if it's feasible. Granted, they're using the current cars, and if we do run a street course, it would be with the next-gen car, which is more closer to what IMSA currently has. I like it. I think it's an interesting thought. And since you bring up the, you know, we're testing uh, potential reality in the sim, Seth, it's also what they did to get the uh, layout for the future 
uh, short track on the grounds of Auto Club Speedway, uh, how they basically have designed that before they uh, tear up the current two-mile configuration out in Fontana and replace it with a half-mile banked short track that has the looks of being particularly interesting. So a lot of things. I know uh, Tom and Peter also want to chime in on the possibility of the Chicago Street Course, and since we're coming up on a commercial break, I'm not going to let them uh, manage to completely screw up my clock, so... (laughs) We, we'll get that. We'll get to that in the next segment. What we'll also get to in the next segment is some black flag, checkered flag, in lieu of fantasy for this week. Since it is the off week going into Easter, we'll save all that picking for Martinsville for the next show. Right now, we'll do a little business, take a commercial break, come back with more madness right after these words. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Jesse Love, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. 
Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Peter Strada, Seth Eggert remaining with you. Started conversation in the last segment about the Chicago Street Course that's being debuted on iRacing later this year for the possibility, maybe, perhaps, we don't know yet, of real-life racing in the future. Tom, I know you and Peter wanted to get some thoughts in about this subject as well. It's, it's really an interesting proposition, I feel like. Well, I like the concept of running a street course. I wouldn't have liked it with the current car because I just don't think the current cars are suitable for uh, a street course. Most street courses are extremely narrow. There's very few, you know, very little room to pass. The new cars are at least going to turn, be able to stop quicker and turn quicker. They're more of a sports car. Um, so I think those will probably do pretty well in a street course if uh, if you pick the right one. I'm a little confused by Chicago. They closed Chicagoland Speedway, um, which, you know, again, was a nice facility and then put on some great racing. But they chose that to, to shut down. Um, I, you know, and then we're turning around wanting to do a street course in downtown Chicago. I just think they could do better um, than that. For, for one, I wouldn't feel safe there. I just don't. With all the crime and the gun crime, I'd be worried about drive-by shootings under caution flags. Um, honestly, I, I, but I do love the technology idea and, and how cool is it that we could actually test it in sim? The only problem is they're testing it, um, with the current car. So I'm not really sure what you're learning per se. You don't have next year's car. As far as I know, I think they're testing it with the current car. So again, I'm not sure what you're learning from that, but um, they probably, I guess they, they know something more than I would. I, I would rather see a street course in a natural setting. Why not go to Toronto? I think Toronto would be a huge hit, um, not only from a crowd standpoint, but again, it, you know, under the current conditions, you probably couldn't cross the border. So if you're going to stay here, look, go to Long Beach or go to St. Pete. Those are two street courses. The Indy cars run naturally. So I would start there. I don't think I would uh, honestly start, Peter, with a brand new course in a city that is as crime-ridden as as Chicago is. But again, I'm not sure what Roger Penske sees there in the potential doubleheader with IndyCar or why Chicago. But uh, again, somebody's got a, an idea, I guess. What Roger Penske sees in Chicago is exactly what NASCAR sees in Chicago, is that it's a huge television market, one of the biggest population centers in the world, and also a huge sports city that takes their sports very seriously. And NASCAR having to leave Chicagoland Speedway, I think, was a big hit because that was such an awesome racetrack. It put on so many great races in very recent history, and it not it would not be ideal to have an a street course race through downtown Chicago to replace such an awesome mile and a half facility. But at the same time, I'd love for racing to return to Chicago because there are a lot of diehard race fans in the Illinois, Indiana, Michigan area. But at the same time, I'm not sold on stock cars running on a street circuit because like you said, Tom, a lot of street circuits are narrow, have few passing zones and I don't think it'd be a great racing product, but with the new car, with it being built like an engine sports car, we'll see what happens, and I'll gladly be proven wrong here. 
Well, me too. But, uh, you know, if you're just if, if that's what you're looking for is a great sports town with dedicated fans and blah, 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 then I, I've got a I've got a great idea for you. Uh, some of the best IndyCar racing I've ever seen took place on the airport grounds in Cleveland. Let's go back to Cleveland and let's do something there. I just think, honestly, Chicago is not the right situation. NASCAR stayed, got out of Mexico for safety. And frankly, again, I just wouldn't feel safe in Chicago, Seth. I Maybe I'm just being, you know, uh, whatever. But um, I'm not a big fan right now until Chicago gets their act together. And I'm not sure that's going to happen anytime soon. I just don't know why you would want to go there when there's a, a number of other great cities that could put on this show and really make it a nice product. Well, honestly, I think this might all actually trace back to Joliet and uh, the city of Joliet. NASCAR had asked about altering Chicagoland, similar to what they are now going to do with Auto Club Speedway. Uh, because uh, Jerry Jordan of Kicking the Tires, my boss, had found some stuff uh, way back when, uh, which when he broke the story of Chicagoland at that time, there were questions whether it was going to be sold, whether it was going to be shut down, etc. And everything was dispelled. I think NASCAR was trying to do to Chicago what they're now going to do to Auto Club. And when NASCAR couldn't get their way, they shut down Chicagoland, and the city still wants NASCAR in its area. I buy it. I buy. I buy all of that. It would make a. It would make an interesting amount of sense if we're all being honest about this. So, uh, that being said, I do want to transition now to uh, black flag, checkered flag here, since we're about halfway through this big segment. Uh, Tom, then Peter, then Seth. Uh, black flag. I'll, I'll let you give any combination of what you want, whether it's blacks, checkers, or both. But Tom, you can start it off. Well, gosh, I think I used my quota up already on this show of black flags. I've, I've thrown a, a fair amount here between the idea of uh, rain tires on short tracks and, and uh, you know, running a road race in, in an unsafe city like Chicago. Um, I just don't see either of those uh, being great ideas. But again, um, I guess uh, people with higher positions of knowledge than me uh, are determined to make them work, perhaps. Uh I'm going to give a checkered flag here to NASCAR, though, because, again, um, I don't think you can stress this enough. The situation in Bristol this past weekend was absolutely awful. I mean, it was bad for the fans, it was bad for the teams, and it was bad for NASCAR. Um, and all that rain, it's its a miracle, honestly, that we got to see any racing at all on Monday so I have to give NASCAR and everybody associated with that event, Bristol Motor Speedway, everybody, SMI, uh, great credit for pr producing the product that they did on Monday afternoon. The changes that uh, I think we could make um, to, to make that a little better next year, we can discuss as we go forward. But you got to really give a major checkered flag, Seth, to, to NASCAR and SMI and everybody for for uh, getting that whole thing in as well as they did on Monday. That was almost impossible, and yet they did it, and it turned out to be some pretty good racing, especially in the Cup Series. That did, that did. And at least for me, uh, the checkered flag that I'm going to give out 
is uh, to Parker Klingerman in the truck race, a top 10 finish uh, on the dirt at Bristol. And I remember when he ran the Monday night racing truck race at Knoxville on iRacing a few months ago. He said he absolutely hated dirt track racing, uh, you know, him personally himself. And on top of that, uh, he uh, did not think that he was that good on dirt track racing. So therefore, for him to run as well as he did, maybe that truck race that he won in Monday Night Racing was a little bit of uh, motivation for him. The black flag that I'm going to give Anthony Alfredo, unfortunately, uh, yes, he slammed the brakes to try to Mm -hmm. avoid Eric Almirola, but slamming the brakes to try to avoid Eric Almirola, he went ice skating into Eric Almirola on the dirt. That was a hard hit for him and for Corey LaJoy. All right, so Tom totally screwed up my order, but we'll try this now. Peter, what you got? For Black Flag, I got to give it to Christopher Bell. I mean, he was the... In, on that one restart, he was the first guy to try running the high line through turns one and two. You never want to be the first guy to try and work in the high line, and he ultimately paid the price for it. He went spinning on corner exit and got tagged by both Kyle Larson and Ross Chastain, ending the day for two of them, and all but ending the day for Kyle Larson. And I mean, Bell, he had worked from 15th all the way up to second in the first 50 laps. He had a car that could have won, and I just hated to see such a strong car out so early on Monday morning, Monday afternoon, excuse me. But my checkered flag left, he had a Ricky Stenhouse Jr. putting together his best result of the season so far. He had not, he has not finished worse than 18th this season, but had not gotten a top 10 until Monday, and he got the close runner-up finish to Joey Logano. All right, so my checkered flag is going to a guy we haven't even talked about yet on this show, and it's kind of blasphemous that we haven't because he had a really good run in his own right, and he is another kind of sort of dirt ringer before he went to to NASCAR uh, and kind of went back to his roots and had a great top five. My checkered flag goes to Ryan Newman and by association, really, Roush Fenway Racing for starting to pick up and really find some speed here over the opening uh, quarter or so of the season with uh, between Chris Busher having such a great run at Homestead and and really a uh, mile and a half speed all around and now Ryan Newman going out and getting a top five it just slowly starts to feel like with Jimmy Fennig at the competition director role now that they have got that team trending in the right direction again and that makes me really happy because honestly at the end of the day I Roush Fenway being down as long as it has has been really disappointing for me I want to see those two cars run well uh, and and you know now that they are starting to get back to that point I think is going to be a really good thing going forward for Ford as well because really Stuart Haas is kind of Stuart Haas and Penske have been the only ones carrying the banner for Ford in the Cup Series the last couple years and I think they would like to see a little bit more presence than just those two teams. I'll give another checkered flag, too, to somebody who we did talk about a little earlier, but good grief, Daniel Suarez put together uh, one of the races of his career in the Cup Series to go out, lead all the laps he did, and come home with a fourth-place finish. Uh, And I guess by association, my checkered flag really is for all of Trackhouse Racing because what Justin Marks has built in seven races and gotten that team up to contending for top tens, leading laps, and doing what they're doing is a great thing for diversity within the sport. It's a great thing for the sport that we can see that, you know, journeyman team owners can come in and make something special happen. And I just,
just love what they're doing over there. I think Justin Marks is extremely business savvy. I think he's in this for the long term. And uh, that 99, I think, is going to be a threat going into uh, the, the summer months, Tom. I do have a black flag, but I know I, it's, I think you have something that you want to say on Suarez real quick, too. Well, yeah, I mean, I talked about that whole track house situation earlier in the show, and I agree with everything you said. I just wanted to add this, that I also think it, it proves that Daniel Suarez can drive at the uh, cup level. And I think, you know, he's been in some situations that really weren't very advantageous to him over the last few years. And he's finally in a situation where it's all about him. And I think that's going to uh, show uh, as we go forward. All right, real quickly here in this segment, my black flag goes to an inanimate object. Yes, I am black flagging the dust because it was not world finals at Charlotte bad, <laughs> but it was not exactly fun either. And my hope is that next year for iteration two of the Foot City Dirt Race... Uh, that we see it at night with more water down on the track so that we can mitigate some of the dust and not have it be quite as bad as it was on Monday. Now, the fact that we had to run 400 laps on the track surface all in one day in a span of about six hours certainly didn't help matters any, but uh, as it is, I, the, the dust absolutely gets a black flag. It was not fun for the middle, probably 75 laps or so of that race. Thankfully, the water they laid down before the start of the final stage helped mitigate somewhat and give us a what I thought was a pretty good finish, but uh, Dear Dust, next year when we come back for Dirt at Bristol, please stay away. Signed, me and Peter and everybody else. Thanks. <laughs> that being said, we're up against our final commercial break. After this, white flag, final thoughts, and whatever else we can cram into the last two minutes of our show. Before we get done, Motorsports Madness finishes up right after this. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 you hear that that's the sound of america's only sports car that's right it's a corvette but not just any corvette it's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. 
If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. Hi, this is John Androsik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. When Marlon Shirley was five years old, he was in an accident and lost his foot, but he didn't lose his heart. When you tackle a challenge that you just cannot even fathom tackling, when you accomplish that, the amount of integrity and the will and the heart that you'll get from that experience is what will set you up for your life. In less time than it took Marlon Shirley to say that, he can now run 100 meters because today he's the world's fastest amputee. Overcome, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hi, this is Ty Ingram, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Peter Strada, Seth Eggert still with you. Final thoughts, gentlemen, you know the drill, about 30 seconds apiece. Tom, start us off. What do you got? thought is that I'm glad we're going back to a short track coming up. Um, but before then, I wish everybody a safe and exciting Easter weekend. Relax with your families and rejoice in the fact that Jesus Christ is risen and that we all can be faithful that he is on the throne. Peter? I'm just, it's weird to think we're already nearly a fifth of the way through the, the Cup Series schedule. It's refreshing, but at the same time, kind of odd to have an off week right now. Obviously, it's for the Easter holiday, which I echo Tom's sentiments. I hope everyone has a safe and happy Easter weekend as we remember the our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But at the same time, I'm double excited for a race at one of my favorite tracks at martinsville i hope to be there with you again jacob and i'm just doubly excited for that race weekend seth got about 20 seconds uh i'll be at martinsville which uh will be the first race i've been to in person for nascar since last year's daytona 500 looking forward to it and uh, with that being said, they don't leave much else for me other than I am uh, indeed looking forward to Martinsville, particularly the modified race next weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun. Right now, that does it for this edition of The Madness. For Tom, Peter, Seth, I'm Jacob Seelman. Keep it off the wall. We'll be back next uh, week to do it all again till we meet again. You've been listening to Motorsports Madness powered by MyComputerCareer.edu. Training for a better life. You can be an IT professional in as little as four months. Visit mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation test today. Motorsports Madness, a race chaser media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsports content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.